lean into the sucky parts of solo travel, lean into the uncomfortableness, lean into the loneliness, lean into the sadness, lean into all of it. Just like take that as probably the biggest things you'll learn from on your entire trip is the things that don't feel fantastic. Welcome to the Blue Rose Podcast, where we empower and inspire young women to live authentic and excitable lives. From authors and everyday athletes to business owners and wellness educators, I chat with people in all phases of their journey and take a look at what it means for them to take control of their lives. Let's build a community and do totally awesome things. I'm your host, Becca Blue Rose. Yeah, and you were, okay, so you were in Utah, like recently, right? And then you were in Colorado. Yeah, so I, so where did you kind yeah, of came down from, so like I started in Seattle, I went up a little bit to the North Cascades. I did Vancouver. Um, and then I came down through like Eastern Washington, little bit into Oregon and then into Idaho, spent some time in Idaho, like Twin Falls, Boise, and then went down through Utah, Bonneville, Salt Flats, Salt Lake City, Moab, and then into Colorado. And then I did kind of come back into Utah because I was like, I don't feel like I'm done with Utah. Um, and then down through Arizona to visit some friends in Phoenix and then over to Palm Springs and LA and now I'm here so yeah it's been that's amazing it's been awesome I feel like I've seen a lot of cities that I wouldn't have put on my list but I was like this is kind of cute um and um some of the more small like I didn't expect to like Colorado as much as I did which sounds silly I just have never thought that much about Colorado and I spent probably like eight or nine days there. And I was, I was very impressed. I was very impressed with the people, the food, um, and the scenery was all pretty solid. Well, you went during the fall. I think I saw all your, I guess it is still kind of like end of fall, but you went and like the trees were so stunning. I think, was it Telluride that you, you made a video and I was like, wait, I did not know that Telluride was this beautiful. I didn't either. And it's, it's actually so funny when I was driving pretty much across the border from Utah into Telluride, I was just like, <laughs> I was like hysterically crying <laughs> while driving. Cause I was like, this is the most beautiful shit I've ever seen. <laughs> and just like, didn't expect it. And it was so yellow, like, and and I feel like, are are you from Washington? No, I'm from Oregon, but I I went to school in Washington. Okay, so, so. you know how pretty the PNW is, and I just remember thinking like, yeah, yeah, PNW is pretty. I've seen a lot of stuff, but this is like, this is next level fall right here. It's it's just such a pretty yellow. So, yeah, yeah that's been super- yeah. What was your, what was your favorite part of like your road trip so far? Oh my goodness, that's a tough one especially because it, it feels like it's been so long. Um, it It's actually starting to like slip away from me almost the different places I've been. Um, how how long has this road trip been? Since the beginning of October. So just oh, okay. This, this okay, one yeah. leg of it, like this this round little loop has just been since October. But you've had a yeah, lot. I, yeah, I've been, I've been packing it in. I think Utah still. Um, I have a really beautiful connection with the I would say the like southern Utah desert area like Moab Bryce Canyon um just oh the, it's it's just very magnetic out there and so even though I really am a beach I am a beach mountain girl the desert 
the desert definitely has my heart. So I, I think Utah has to be, has to be it. Yeah. I actually just went to Moab like two weeks ago for the first time and it was incredible. It's, it's insane. I went and, and the yeah. town of Moab itself is really cute too. Like <laughs> this is so silly, but I remember working in a cafe there and I saw all these like hot Australian guys walking around with no shoes on, like in cafes. And I was like, oh, Utah. <laughs> Like, what? What? I didn't know this little. You're like, you're like the no shoes, no shirt, no service doesn't apply yeah, here. I was, I was very intrigued. I was like, no one told me about this cute little town in Moab. Well, why don't you introduce yourself before we get too far? Because I often forget to do that. Yeah, so. Absolutely. My name is Hallie Sherwood. I am originally from Seattle, Washington, that area, I guess. Um, and for the last year, over a year now, I've been fully nomadic, and that's taken on a lot of different forms. Um, it hasn't always been car life. It hasn't always been pet sitting, uh, but it's frequently a combination of the two. Yeah. Oh, I I started a newsletter. <laughs> I started a newsletter um, this year for female artists um, to just try and build a community of women who are intentional about creating art, sharing it, and really like lifting each other up in the process. I didn't know that you started it this year. Yeah. So, so I've been doing my own newsletter and blog since I think 2019, but um, I got more serious about it in 2021 or maybe it was 2022. I think it was 2022. Um, and then this, like the beginning of this last year, I was like, this would, this is cool. It's been cool. I've been enjoying doing this, but it'd be a lot cooler if I could do this with some friends. Um, especially cause I have a lot of creative friends. I have, there's women in my life that I know if they had more of an opportunity to do so, or were asked to do so, they would create more art and that, that, that they would enjoy that. And so I was like, Okay, yeah, like it's been just me this thus far, but I think I think it's time to do something cooler, bigger with more people. So yeah, it, it hasn't been that long. Yeah. I think that the newsletter itself has only been a collective creations thing since June. Even though it feels like it's oh, been okay. going on a lot longer, it's only been since June. Yeah, well, I mean, I think just because like I feel like you've done a really good job like I feel like it's at least I mean I follow it and so I'm like it's just it comes on my feed and so I'm like oh my god like she has built this community and so in my mind I was like this has been around forever because it's amazing um but you're doing a great job Thank so you. Well, and I think a big part of why I feel like the community presence is there early and things feel like they're flowing is I am so lucky in the group of women that I've been working with on it because it hasn't just been me. Um, and a lot of us actually are from, <laughs> we've been in a book club since 2021. And so I think the natural progression when I was ready to like do this with more women was immediately to reach out to the girls in my book club. And I was just like, Hey, anybody interested? And they're like, heck yeah. Um, so it's a group of us that have already been working together pretty closely. Um, especially online, like, cause we're still all in different places. So I think we really got practice mm -hmm. connecting remotely 
over the last couple of years. And that has allowed us to do more with the newsletter, I think, and be, be really intentional about it. So yeah, I, I do owe it all to the, the girlies that are helping me run it. And what's kind of like the, the goal with it? Oh, I mean, right now it's just, it, I, I was actually doing a, a brainstorming session the other day to reprioritize, revision, just kind of re, refocus on my, my mission for it. Um, and what I wrote down is before anything else right now to work on strengthening the community there. Um, cause we've, we've built the bones of it. We've got a good flow going on, but I want to spend the next little bit being more intentional about fostering relationships with artists who haven't met each other, who don't know each other, who are just seeing each other's art on the page or in the newsletter um, and work on creating opportunities for all of us to get to know each other more. Um, Because I want those relationships and connections to be deeper before we focus on bringing more people in. So yeah, I mean, for now, we're just pretty much still putting it out every month, opening it to whoever has something they want to share and trying our best to do justice in the way of promoting people's art um, that they have shared with us. So yeah. Yeah. Well, no. And I, I love it. Cause like, I just think about what it took for like me to want to start a podcast and what it took for me to like, want to put any of my writing out into the world. And so it's definitely like a lower barrier to entry. Like it's like someone doesn't have to post it on their like own personal page which I think is quite cool because I feel like once people start getting that feedback even if it's in a community setting then they're like oh wait like this is cool I can do this on my own and I'm not gonna die because yeah yeah exactly and I think too just because I've I have done I've done the build a blog the build a website the build a newsletter it's hard and it takes that takes a lot of effort and energy and honestly resources in time. And I, the whole reason that I want this space to be low barrier is because I want people to be able to focus on making art um, and not have to worry about making art, making the website, building the following, creating a newsletter, building an email list. Like we've done that part. You just show up and yeah, we'll go from there. So you do the newsletter and then what else do you do for work while you're traveling or is it just trusted house sitters? No, so I am so fortunate for the last three years, it's going to be three years. Um, I've been working remotely, well, hybrid remotely for a nonprofit in South Seattle called Rainier Beach Action Coalition. We do a number of things in the neighborhood. So like we're working on food justice, public safety, economic development, education, stuff like that. Um, and I'm actually their communications person. So I do their social media. I help with fundraising. I do their emails, um, volunteer coordination, um, a lot of work on the food justice and farming side of things as well. So I feel like that job and working there has really, really given me a lot of the tools to do what I'm doing with collective creations, with my own Instagram, with my own Substack, stack, um, just in the way of like, I had to learn how to use MailChimp. 
I had to learn how to mm-hmm. use scheduling platforms for social media. Um, I learned how to like grow a mailing list. Um, so that has been, first of all, just an amazing job, amazing place to work. They've been very flexible in terms of letting me work remotely. And last year when I said to my boss, I'm going through a devastating breakup and I need to go to Spain for three months. (laughs) He's like, okay. He's like, okay, go ahead. Um, So yeah, that's what I've been doing for income for the last three years. Um, But I actually, I'm going to be done there in December. I thought about it for a long time. um, And I just came to a place where I was like, okay, I've learned so much. I've made so many beautiful connections um, with the people there. But if I don't force myself to leave and start my own thing and be more intentional about what I want to do creatively, community-wise, I'm a very comfortable person in that sense. And I would stay there forever and I would never leave and they would never kick me out and I would be their comms person forever. Um, And there's no shame in that, but I know that I need to push myself a little harder right now. So I'm actually going to be done there in December, Mm -hmm. at the end of December, and have no plans for after that yet in terms of income, but I know I'm going to have to figure it out. (laughs) So yeah. Well, okay. So do you think that like that comfort of the job is like, I'm thinking of the fact that everything else in your life maybe isn't as uh, comfortable. So do you find that like, it's just nice to have one thing that you're like, this is stable and I don't have to think about it. Yes. Especially because I'm, I'm a Capricorn. Um, I love my routine and it is nice. And it's, it's something I've thought about too, even on this last road trip that I've been doing. It's nice when you're in the middle of nowhere around no one that, you know, to still be like, okay, well, good, because I'm logging on to this work meeting today and I get to chat with all my coworkers like virtually. Um, and to still have some semblance of routine, no matter where I am, has been very nice. Um, it's nice to have something to come back to in terms of community. Um, so yeah, I think it has been, it has been a very maybe one of the only comforting things <laughs> that I know is still there. Yeah. Um, amidst all the uncertainty and constant change that I've been in. Yeah. And how do you, how do you handle that uncertainty and change and, and travel, especially alone? I also want to know like what, why specifically solo travel versus like van life with, with a friend or two? A big part of that for me right now is no one, none of my friends can do what I'm doing right now. And that actually sucks because I love solo travel. Like I would, I'd keep doing it forever, but it would be so much nicer to have some friends to do it with. Um, But just, I think with my friends are all on different paths right now. Like my best friend actually just came back from doing two years abroad. And so she's kind of in her hunker down, make some money back phase Um, my other friends are kind of like, they've got their thing going on in Seattle or they're, they, they're dealing with their own crazy life changes right now. And so they can't, uh, they can't come with me as much as I would like them to. And so, but I just know that I can't wait, um, or I can't keep waiting until 
the perfect time where someone can join me. Um, and in all honesty, I am someone that loves being alone. Like I think, I think it's solo travel is definitely not for everyone. I will say that up front. It is not for everyone. Um, but I love it. Like I absolutely dig being out, um, in a completely new place by myself. I think that's, it makes it a little more exhilarating. <laughs> Do you ever get scared? All though? the time. I actually, okay, I'm actually terrified <laughs> quite, quite frequently. Um, I was actually having this convo with some of my coworkers um, a couple of weeks ago. And that's, I think the, the biggest thing I've learned in the last year of doing travel completely by myself is I think it's, it's unlikely that you're going to get to a point where you're not afraid of something, but that you have to do it anyways. Um, and so do things scared has been my biggest model lately because I'm going to be scared of it. I'm going to be scared of something no matter what. <laughs> I might as well do it. And I think after enough times of doing things scared and still waking up alive the next morning has started to show me like, okay, you're just like, fear doesn't mean you're going to die. There are definitely scary situations no. you could be in where, <laughs> where that might be possible, but the fear itself is what feels like it's going to kill you. And it's, it's not. Have you been in any like, cause you're, so I'm, I'm wondering too, cause there's two different situations here. There's like solo traveling when you've been in Europe, which I don't know, like timeline wise, I think that was at the beginning of this year. Um, so there's solo traveling in Europe. And like, I don't know if you were just doing house sitting or you were in your car, but then there's solo traveling in the U S and I think they're two different entities. So like, tell me about that and like what kind of challenges you faced in Europe versus like here, or, I mean, I don't know if you went to like South America or wherever you've yeah. been, but. So, um, I was in Europe at the end of last year and over there I was staying on my own while I was in Spain. Um, but my best friend was actually there. So we would occasionally meet up. I wasn't completely solo in Europe. Um, but Europe does, or Spain, at least, at least Southern Spain where I was felt very safe. Um, in terms of like, we'd go out to the club and then I'd walk home alone in the dark at like 2am midnight. And I felt fine. <laughs> Whereas like in Seattle, it's a little bit more nerve wracking to do that. I think um, just having done it in both, but yeah, I think there's a, there's definitely a different kind of fear when you're solo traveling, like from hostel to hostel, which is more of what I did in, in Europe. Um, and, and honestly in Europe, I think there's a, a bigger culture of young people traveling and staying in hostels. So when I was like in, even though I was, I went over there to visit a friend, I did go to Tenerife by myself um, for a little trip. And I tell people like, I wasn't alone almost the whole time. Like every time I was, I went to a new hostel, there were people there that were like, Hey, let's go get drinks. Like, let's go get dinner. Let's go to the beach. Let's go to a flamenco show. Like I was like, oh my gosh, I came here to be alone. And <laughs> yeah, I haven't been alone. 
I'm not alone alone. at all, (laughs) which is still fine. Like I I enjoyed making friends there um, and just doing random one-off things with people that I have never spoken to again. Um, But what I've been doing in the U S is a lot more solo in terms of like, I'm in my car. um, So I'm not staying in hostels. I'm also trying to be budget friendly. So it's not like, I'm like, I'm going to go out and go to the bar and meet new people. Like it feels harder to meet new people without spending money on it, which is something I've thought a lot about in the last couple of weeks. Like it's hard to meet new people without spending money. Um, yeah. I think a lot of the ways where I would think to go meet new people, it's like, go hang out, go hang out at a bar or go do this activity or go do this group tour or something like that. And not that I'm opposed to doing any of that, but I think I've tried to lean into the soloness of this a little more um, this time around. And honestly, the scariest parts for me, this is so silly, but I'm such a chicken of the dark. <laughs> and oh man, it, the dark hits different when you are out in the desert. You're the only car out there. And the sun sets at seven, the sun is going to go down. After that, you have a choice of whether you keep playing around outside or you crawl right inside your car and read a book for the rest of the night. Um, yeah. So I, it's, it's funny. I've, when people have asked if I've been scared at any point on this trip, I unfortunately have to tell them that the scariest thing that has happened to me so far was this night with two cats. Um, and I don't know if you saw that on my story. I did a whole like ramble about it the next morning because it was so scary, but basically maybe not. I don't think I read it, man. And this is one of those things too, where, um, I think fear brings out you, you believe in stuff when you're afraid. Um, so I was Mm -hmm. in Idaho and the vibes were already weird. Like it was stormy. It was dark. There was lightning. I was driving to this rest stop that I had picked out that I was going to sleep in for the night. That was kind of just like out in the middle of nowhere in this little town. Um, and I pull up and there's like, the trees are blowing, tumbleweeds are rolling across the the road. The lights are kind of like flickering and I'm the only car there. And it is very rare that you are the only person at a rest stop. Like that's it it's very rare in my experience so far. And I was like, "Okay, like okay, we can I can do this. Like I'm the only car, so what?" And so I'm there and I hear this cat outside my car. And I was like, okay, I'm a scraggly little cat somewhere out here in the rain. And I look and the cat looks all, it just looked creepy. Like, and I, okay, I'm a, you know, I'm a pet sitter. I love cats. I have yeah. cats all the time. Cats don't freak me out. This cat creeped me out. <laughs> this cat was giving me creeps. Okay. Um, and Becca, I swear to God, this cat starts speaking English. The cat it's meowing but the meow sounds like it's saying hello like I can't even do I can't even replicate the noise to you but it's like outside my car going like hello hello and I was like (laughs) okay you're like okay I was Uh like okay I'm freaked out and I was so freaked out so did you open the door I I did to look at it 
okay. and, and to put, I went outside the car to put my window covers on. Um, and I saw oh, this okay. guy. I'm like, okay, like, okay. You just stay over there. And I get back in my car and it's still saying hello. And then I can hear it. It was like it was dragging its nails along the bottom of my car. And then I couldn't see it because it's like under my car. And so I started to freak out a little more. I actually called my best friend because I was like, this is so weird and freaky that I need you to be on the phone with me. Um, And the cat jumps on the hood of my car and is sitting on the hood of my car going, hello, hello. And then it's on top of my car. I can hear it like crawling around on the roof. And I was like, no, okay, nope, this this is giving horror film vibes. Like, this feels like a sign. <laughs> this feels like a sign to not stay at the creepy rest stop. So I actually left and went and parked somewhere else, even though I was exhausted and ready for bed. I was like, nope, we're not doing it. Like, my gut says, get out of here. Um, and I posted yeah. about that on my story. And the next morning, I actually had two separate friends. One of them um, was saying that, that sounds like a skinwalker, which is something out of like Native American mythology or like tradition, cultural lore, um, which is you don't want to mess with a skinwalker. And then one of my other friends who's Muslim said, that sounds like it was a jinn. And either way, they're things you don't want to mess with. <laughs> and I just remember yeah. thinking like, okay, very glad I left. We'll listen to my intuition going forward. Like if something feels creepy, no matter how silly it is, get out of there. Like, just get out. Um, yeah, it's funny. Yeah. That is the scariest thing that has happened to me yet. <laughs> um, I would have started crying. I would have left like immediately. I wouldn't have even stuck around for it to get on my hood. I would have just been like, yeah, well, I would have like driven all yeah. night. Well, because there's a part of you that's talking yourself out of it. Cause you're like, Hallie, are you really scared of a cat right now? A cat is going to drive you yeah. out of this perfect place to sleep. <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. Have you guys heard of Rumpel? They're a brand that's redefining outdoor gear and making a positive impact on the planet. I've been absolutely loving their gear. Why, you ask? Well, first off, it's the epitome of coziness. Imagine the softest, most durable blankets you can think of. That's Rumpel. But it's not just about comfort. It's about a brand that cares about the world. Rumpel is all about looking to the future responsibly. In 2019, they revamped their core line of blankets using only 100% post-consumer recycled materials. So when you choose Rumpel, you're not just choosing top-notch outdoor gear. You're supporting a brand that's making a real difference. I would highly recommend Rumpel for any of your outdoor needs. I found something amazing and I need to share it with you. It's a community group called Girl Get After It. Are you on the lookout for a community that not only understands your journey, but also cheers you on on every step of the way? I was in the same boat, craving connection with like-minded women to embark on adventures and tackle life's challenges. Girl Get After It is a community that's redefining wellness. Their mission is to change the game by finding strength in community, empowering women to truly get after what it means to be healthy. This is not just about fitness. It's about movement that spans health, relationships, professional, and personal growth. The best part? It's all about the girl squad, that supportive, empowering crew that reminds you that anything is possible when you have your squad behind you. So if you're like me, searching for a tribe that understands the power of collective strength, look no further. Join me in being part of something bigger. Head over to the Girl Get After It website or Instagram and let's get after it together. Yeah, but I think that's the thing when it comes to solo travel is you have to get really good at listening to your, like listening to your gut, especially because like there's a difference between like intuitively being like this is like, 
I feel unsafe. I feel unsettled. I don't want to be here and fear. Cause like you can kind of tell the difference when you're just like being a baby and you're like, okay, just go to sleep. Um, but if you're, if your like body is like telling you like, this is not right, then that's, I think that's maybe why people get into trouble is they don't listen to that. Absolutely. And yes. And there's totally, cause I've experienced the differences. Like there's a big difference between, oh, I parked in the desert and it's dark and I'm scared and I hear little squirrels outside that sound like bears because everything sounds loud in the dark Um, and feeling that kind of like just fear where it's just like, I'm just scared. There's, I know there's nothing to be scared of, but I'm scared. Um, And then that thing where it's like, I feel like I shouldn't be scared, but my gut is telling me to get out of here. And yeah, I feel like that. Yeah. Absolutely. Huge difference and very important to learn the difference. Yeah. And so how have you kind of gotten yourself to do things scared? I think just knowing that this is what I want to do. um, And Mm -hmm. knowing that this is an itch I have to scratch, even if I have to do it alone And I have to do it scared because I would rather be scared of the dark at night than sitting at home, like longing to be doing something that I want to be doing that I'm not doing because I'm too scared. So I think it's, it's still a fear, but it's the fear of not doing what I want to do. And so I think that Mm -hmm. fear for me is worse than the fear that I've experienced while being on the road while, while going after my dreams. So yeah, different kind of fear, yeah. but yeah. When did you, like, how did you realize that this was something that you wanted to do? I have always wanted to travel. Um, I think I, I owe a lot of that to my mom. My mom was a big traveler when she was younger. She did a lot of solo travel, um, like a lot of solo travel when she was younger and when I was younger. Um, And so she really brought that out in me um, and encouraged it. And I would say, whereas some people might have parents that are like, no, don't go do that. It's too scary or or, you'll die or it's too dangerous. Like my mom was like, I can't even tell you not to because you know what I've done. Um, And and my mom's actually probably jealous of what I'm doing right now. Like she's actually like, you're such a brat. I can't believe you're doing this without me. yeah. So yeah, there, I think it was definitely that. Um, and I don't think I ever was super keen to the fact that I'd be doing solo travel as much as I have. Um, I think in high school and college, I anticipated doing a lot more travel with my best friend because we both love travel, but just the way our lives have taken different paths over the last couple of years. I mean, she was in Spain for two years while I was still in Seattle. Um, And so it's not that I ever set out being like, I'm going to solo travel, but it was always that I wanted to travel. And it just happens to be that where I'm at right now in life and the options available to me, it has ended up being solo travel. Um, But again, I'm grateful for it because I think everything that has made me who I am and got me to where I am has allowed me to 
be absolutely okay mentally solo traveling um, and going. I mean, I've been on the road since the beginning of October and I have hung out with two people two times. <laughs> like I've seen two friends in Phoenix and that is really the extent of the, <laughs> the um, human yeah. interaction I've had since October. I mean, besides like combos with strangers and stuff like that. So yeah. Yeah. Do you get lonely? Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Yes, I definitely get lonely. Um, and I feel like it more so shows up for me, not so much in like the really sad way that I think people envision loneliness, but it's like, okay, I'm at the Grand Canyon watching the most beautiful sunset I've ever seen. And all I want to do is turn to my best friend or my yeah. sister or anybody and just be like, isn't this amazing? Um, and, and it's kind of that like, oof, when you like, there's no one to turn to. Um, there's no one to share something like that with. So that gets really hard. Yeah. Um, but I do feel like I try to lean heavily into loneliness while I'm out here doing this thing. Um, because to me, one, I think when I'm in my normal day-to-day -day life, like doing stuff in Seattle, working routine nine-to-five type stuff, I numb out a lot of my feelings as I think most people do. And this sounds kind of twisted, but I think loneliness is one of the most intense feelings that you can feel. And so there is something, I wouldn't good is not the word, positive is not the word, but there is something about going out and feeling something so strong, even if it's something that's usually connotated negatively, um, something yeah. about feeling that intense feeling after not feeling things for a while. So I kind of try to lean into it and be like, wow, this is heavy. And like, what do I do with that? I think it I think loneliness brings me a lot of clarity about who I want in my life because I mean, it's very clear, like when you're lonely, it's very clear who you want, who you wish was with you at the, in that moment. Um, mm -hmm. You get a lot more clarity, I think, on what you want in life and what you want to do with your life. Um, and I think being able to drown out all the noise of people around me, um, helps me gain some of that clarity as well yeah but I imagine that's pretty uncomfortable and especially too like I don't know if in your life like in Seattle when you're in routine and you said that you numb out a lot of your emotions like when you go into the loneliness like you're confronted with a lot of things that maybe you weren't prepared to admit admit to yourself when you were kind of numbing things out so if things kind of like come to the surface that you're like ah, oh, like yeah that's true but like am I ready to like say that admit that do that kind of thing it is very uncomfortable <laughs> but honestly I think that has been the name of the game for me in the last year is to I went through a pretty rough breakup back in July of last year and just really had the realization of like man if I don't work through the things I've got to work through I'm gonna keep doing this 
over and over and over and over again to myself and to my partners and to my friends and family. Like it's not just me. And so my goal of the last year really has been to get very, not comfortable with uncomfortability, but very acquainted with it. Um, And to realize that uncomfortable doesn't mean bad or scary. And that I think, I don't know, it's kind of the same thing as like doing things afraid. I think you have to get through the uncomfortableness to become comfortable (laughs) with who you are and the things inside you. And yeah, so it's, it's definitely not always comfortable, but I see it as a mission. Like as much as traveling and seeing things is the mission of this trip, I would say it is equal parts for me digging up all the things that don't come out when I'm surrounded by people and by normalcy and the things that I am comfortable with. Yeah, well, in nomad life, I don't know. I think on the outside, there's a lot of people that look at what you're doing and they're like, she must be so happy. Like, she must be having the time of her life 24-7. Dude, her life is great. But if you've ever done it, you realize that, like, most of the time, you're actually severely uncomfortable and like trying to talk yourself off a ledge and trying to convince yourself that you're not absolutely nuts um and so I'm wondering if you could talk about that a little bit more and just walk us through nomad life and what that actually looks like yeah and I would say too the social media part is such a big part of that and I I struggle with it all the time because I am posting obviously I'm posting the highs of what I'm experiencing Mm -hmm. And I, I do always think about posting more of the lows, but I think there's also that connotation on social media, especially with women, I think, where like, you're like, oh, don't post videos of you crying. Like no one wants to see you crying or I don't know, just kind of the, I think the, the way people feel, because I think everyone agrees they would like to know more of the lows that people are experiencing. But when I've seen people do mm-hmm. it, when I've seen people post about the harder things or their their sadness, I think they get a lot more hate for it when it's what people should be doing. So it's not that I'm not, or it's not that I want to hide the lows, but I think I'm afraid that if I were to post the lows, people would be like, oh, look at this chick recording herself crying. <laughs> or like, well, Yeah, or it's like, or it's, it's like that concept too of like, you know, maybe, but your life is so good. So it's like hard because people think that because you're doing this, you should be happy. And like you, sh- so it's like that, it's hard to break through that barrier if no one's, if they haven't experienced it themselves. Exactly. And I think that's another part of it too is, knowing that even if I were to share some of the lower lows, like you said, it's something that has to be experienced. There's really no way to Mm -hmm. convey the tougher parts of it, I think, until you do it. Because most people have never been alone for that long. And so it's hard to even put into words 
the mental state you get to when you're like actually actively regularly talking to yourself <laughs> and like talking to yourself through things out loud because there is nobody else with you. Um, and just, yeah, I, yeah. So I, I, it is something that I, I wrestle with all the time. Like, should I post more of the crappy things? But then there's another part of me that doesn't want to scare people off from doing it too, because I think mm-hmm. even though there are some crappy things, like, you know, I've had to use a lot of porta potties in the last two months. I, I frequently brush my teeth in public park bathrooms. <laughs> like It's not all glamour um, and stuff like that. But I don't want that to ever dissuade anybody from trying it. Because, like I said, I think all the uncomfortability is worth experiencing for the, the things you learn about yourself from it. And what have you learned about yourself? Oof, man, I've learned. That, <laughs> so for one, I think the biggest thing is, and I, I think this is probably true for a lot of women. I think especially I'm a big people pleaser. And I think my default for most of my life has been to prioritize taking care of other people and making sure other people are happy and making sure other, like we're doing what everyone else wants to do. And when you're solo traveling, like really the first, every time I go back to it, because there's breaks where I've, I've been more stable or more like, or not stable, but stationary. Um, and every time I go back from like being surrounded by people to being alone, there's like a whole week period where I have to remember how to figure out what I want, which sounds so silly I think and a little convoluted but when you spend a majority of your life prioritizing the needs and wants of other people you actually forget how to figure out what you want to do and so for example like the whole first I'd say first week of this recent road trip route I'm on was very overwhelming because I was like I'm sick of making decisions for myself I've got to decide where I'm going to sleep I've got to decide where I'm going to get groceries, what I'm going to do for the day, what cafe I'm going to go work at, what activities I'm going to do after, what I want for dinner. Like it was so overwhelming because I'm used to just my default is like, yeah, whatever you want to do, whatever you guys want to do. Like, yeah, sure. You want to do that? Let's do that without even. So like I've had to learn that when it's time to make a decision, I have to literally go like, okay, what do you want? Like, what do you want to do? Um, and that's, that's hard. It is, it's hard to make decisions based on yourself when you haven't for so long. And solo travel is, yeah, that is all it is. It is entirely making decisions based on what you want. Like if you decide all you want to do the whole day is nap when you're in this beautiful place, you can do it. And you don't have to, you don't have to take anyone else's energy or anticipate anyone else's reaction. And that has been tricky for me, but I feel like over the last month, especially it has helped me. I feel like I've had enormous growth in that area in just the last month, especially in the ways of my communication with my friends and family. I feel like I've gotten a lot better at being clear because I'm someone that likes to like 
not hurt anyone's feelings and sugarcoat things and all that. And now I've just gotten to a place where I'm like me disagreeing or me needing to tell you something about the way you're making me feel isn't me being mean. It's me prioritizing for once, like my own needs. And so I feel like I've gotten a lot better at saying things that I need to say without feeling intensely guilty about it or without feeling like I need to manage the reactions of the person I'm talking to. So it's been Mm -hmm. heavy. It's been a lot of uncovering the last two months, but that I think has been huge for me. And have you seen that have a positive effect on your relationships? Absolutely. Um, One, because, okay, so I heard this recently and I've really been trying to live with it and it is that clear is kind when it comes to communication. And I've always lived by like, be as nice as possible, add as much fluff in there so feelings aren't hurt. And now I'm kind of just more like, this is what I think. I'm going to tell you it. I'm not saying it to hurt your feelings. I'm not saying it because I don't like you. I'm saying it actually because I love you. And I think because I love you, I need you to see what I see. And yeah, just, I I think that helps other people too. As much as it might be kind of like a, ooh, in the beginning, everyone has been receptive to it so far. And I think, like I said, I think because the clear is kind, it is able to be received better by other people than when I like tiptoe around the truth and add all this fluff in there to make them feel better. Because I think that's actually more confusing and sends more mixed Mm -hmm. signals than if I were to just say, this is what I feel. And that's that. Yeah. Well, and I like what you said about like not being responsible for like their reaction because it's true like you can't you can only say what's on your mind and like say it in a nice and kind way but like you can't control their reaction you can't control how it makes them feel and learning that is it's definitely hard um I think like solo traveling is a really good exercise in dating yourself like it's a really good exercise in just understanding what the heck you want and like you said like I don't know if you've ever gotten to a point where like you're making all these decisions, you're trying to be clear and honest, and you're like trying to do all the work, you're doing all the things. And then you just like lay down and you're just like, there's nothing like, there's nothing I want to do nowhere I want to go. Just everyone leave me alone. I'm just going to be here and stare at the ceiling. Absolutely. (laughs) Yes, I've definitely gotten to that point. Um, And I will say it's a little harder to do when you don't have a couch to just go flop down. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I've definitely gotten to that point. Oh, I love that. So you, okay, so you right now you're in car travel, but normally you do trusted house setters. How has that been going for you? Yeah, so I spent pretty much from January to the end of August living pretty much entirely in other people's houses um, with trusted house sitter. So I had found out about trusted house sitter two years ago now. Um, like it's, it's been a while, uh, but only recently have I used it to like live. <laughs> um, and so, like I said, I, I went through a pretty rough breakup last summer and actually moved out of, because I was living with my, my boyfriend. Um, and I moved out of there. And when I moved out, I was like, I don't want to move any, like I didn't, <laughs> I didn't feel like moving anywhere. I was so, I would say at the time, so devastated that I was like, I don't even want to be 
<laughs> I don't want to exist. So I definitely don't want to find a place yeah. to live right now. Um, so the first thing I did was, well, first I went crying back to my mom and like crashed on her couch for a couple weeks. And then I booked a flight to Spain because that's where my best friend was. And I was like, I don't think I can get through this breakup without um, being one across an ocean and two being with my best friend. So I spent like three months over in mostly in Spain. Um, And then when I came back is when I was fully like I spent the time in Spain setting up kind of my next six months. Um, And so Trusted House Sitters, the way it works is you pay for like a a yearly membership and that is 129 bucks maybe. And you apply to anything you want. And so it's like people will post their house. They'll be like, I got two dogs and a cat. Here's what you need to do. Here's where we are. Um, Come on out or like apply. And so you apply. And so I pretty much very methodically applied and just got back to back. I'm talking like maybe one day in between sometimes Um, or sometimes, sometimes a little more, but almost back to back from January to the end of August all over. Like I went, I did, it was mostly Washington, Oregon and California. Cause at the time I wasn't trying to go too far from Seattle because in all honesty, my work didn't really know the extent to what I was doing in terms of like, I told them I was going through a rough time, rough breakup, didn't have a place to, to live intentionally. Um, but I didn't really tell them like this week I'm in Lake Tahoe. <laughs> uh, Cause I just kind of hoped for the best, honestly. Um, and it worked, but yeah. So I was primarily on the West coast trying to stay in the time zone, trying to stay so that if they needed me to come back, I could. Um, and yeah, so I was doing that for about eight months and it was amazing. I, in the beginning, I was scared before I started it. I was like, Hallie, you love routine. You love having all your things. You love things being organized and in their right spot. So you can come get your coffee in the morning and go sit on your couch and do your stretches. And, and I was just like, man, is this going to send me just into an absolute spiral of changing? Because I mean, I was never between January and August, I was never anywhere for more than three weeks. Um, just constantly moving, living out of a, I wouldn't even say a duffel bag. Like it was like a purse, <laughs> like a big purse of clothes and toiletries. Um, and I don't know how, but my brain loved it. Like it, it was definitely took some use to, t- took some getting used to in the beginning, but I really just kind of went all in and I, it forced me to find ways to remain grounded when I was physically so ungrounded um, which I think has helped me in for like future ventures as well. But mm-hmm. yeah, so, so that's pretty much what I did for about eight months. And I did it because I was like, I do want to stay somewhat local during this time. I don't want to get a new place. I don't want to start paying rent again. And, but I did know that like come fall, I wanted to leave because it's funny, but even house sitting got to a point where I was like, I'm too tied. I'm too tied to a place. Like I just want to be completely no strings attached, go where I want, when I want. 
So I knew in the fall I was going to head off on some next road trip um, that was completely car living, no no pet sitting. I did do like a week in Durango because I was like, I feel like I'm going to need a little week okay. to catch up on work <laughs> and just be a little more focused. Yeah. Um, but I mean, for the most part, I've been completely doing it out of my car, which has been a new thing to get used to with like working. Um, mm-hmm. So I've been hanging out in a lot of cafes. I've also been, the name of my game lately has been how long can I go for free in terms of like the thing I think people don't think about when you're doing solo travel is because you don't have your own place. You don't have a bathroom. You don't have Wi-Fi, Um, And those two things are often, you got to pay your way into them, whether it's getting Wi-Fi at a cafe or buying something at a gas station because you're going to use their bathroom or their shower or something like that. And I was a lot more careless with that in the beginning, just kind of like, ah, here, here, cafe, cafe. And now I'm like, okay, nope. I know that I can go, first of all, I can make a coffee with my little broiler thing that I got in my car and I can go sit outside the public library because the public library has incredible Wi-Fi that is pretty far reaching. I mean, you could sit in the parking lot at a public library and work. Same with McDonald's and Starbucks. I've been stealing a lot of McDonald's and Starbucks Wi-Fi just by sitting in their parking lot. (laughs) Um, I feel like Starbucks though too is a place that you could literally like make your own coffee in a mug like if you have like a starbucks cup and like just walk in and sit down and they wouldn't notice yes. i actually so i have another friend who does he's done car life for a while and he said like if you do it with confidence yeah no one no will question really you question you and um yeah like you said bringing your own mug places bringing like saving old coffee cups and just walking back in like people i and i know because i've I've worked in places like that. I know I didn't care. If someone came in and I knew they did not buy something, I'm not going to be like, ma'am, you must purchase something to sit in here. I'm going to be like, whatever. You scam the system. I don't care. <laughs> like, I don't, yeah, exactly. I don't have to care. Um, so, yeah. yeah, definitely trying to be more intentional about doing things for free. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know yeah. if I answered your question on that. I forgot what the question even was at this point no I honestly I honestly did too I think I just asked you about like trusted house sitters and how you've been how you've been doing that but I think these are important things though like realizing that you have to get creative with what you're doing and that there's so many different ways to like make your traveling your own like you like you said you don't always have to be in a car you don't always have to do trusted house sitters I mean like for me I have found love in like going to work at hostels or farms and just like being there for like a month or two at a time because I like the extended period of time somewhere. Whereas like other people are like, oh, a week here and a week here. And I'm just like, no, I like to work for the five hours a day, get my free stay, get my free food and then like be there for like a month. Yeah. And that's actually, I'm so excited that you said that because that's, that's the next thing. That's the next adventure I'm setting off on is doing more like workaways. So like I said, I, I'm I'm leaving my job at the end of December and I don't have a solid plan yet, but I know that I'm going to be doing workaways and, and stuff like that because that's exactly what I am craving is more longer stays. Even if it is just a month, that's so long for me. I mean, I'm anywhere yeah. for more than three weeks. So 
being somewhere for a month, I think would be incredible. Having that like, yeah, place to stay, free food, place to crash and the people too, because when you're doing yeah. trusted house sitter from place to place and when you're doing car life and you're working remotely, it's harder to meet people. It's not impossible. And I haven't tried as hard as I could have, but it's harder. <laughs> um, and I do want to like in my next adventure, do more of that. So that's what I'm really excited for. Yeah. Cause I'm, I mean, oh, you'll love it. the bouncing around and that's been totally fine. I I dig it, but I am ready to do some like longer term, like month, maybe two months. <laughs> I don't know. Just stay somewhere longer, like really get to meet people and learn things. Um, that's actually yeah. with Workaway. That's really my goal for the next minimum of a year is I'm making a list of things that I want to like actually learn. Farming is one of them. Carpentry is one of them and picking out places to go that are geared towards that and where I can actually learn things where I'm working. Yeah. Well, that's how I found is like my favorite way to travel because I was like, I think when I was solo traveling for a while at first, I was just like, you know, this is great, but I don't have a purpose. Like I'm not doing anything. And so that's why like I went to the farm this summer because I was like, I want to learn more about growing my own vegetables. And so that's exactly how I started picking where I want to go. Is that like, I'm like, oh, okay, this place is going to let me paint stuff. I'm going to go here because no one's ever asked me to use a saw and paint something because I'm not handy. And it's just being around people that will like let you be a child and like understand that I need you to like teach me how to do this because I have no idea so yeah and that there's other yeah. people there with the exact same intention doing the same thing that sounds incredible yeah. like I am I'm so looking forward to that part of it yeah okay well I want to be respectful of your time so if you have any last like suggestions for anyone top tips for solo traveling I'd love to hear it oh tips for solo traveling Routine is a big thing for me, still making sure I've got some sense. And that just could be because I'm a Capricorn and I, <laughs> I need, or I'm, I'm a creature of habit and I, I need my routine, but definitely making sure you have some sort of sense of normalcy. Um, for me, it's, I make my bed every morning, even though my bed is a sl two sleeping bags on a blow up mattress in, in my trunk. I make my bed every morning. I take out the trash on a regular basis. Um, skincare. I still do my skincare. Cause I'm like, I feel like I'm, I'm back at home in my bathroom. I'm doing my own. I saw that you do it by the lake and you're like, don't come at me. I'm like, <laughs> I also, I saw your, um, I saw the post that you did about coffee and you're like the, the fitness girlies that like, tell me it's not, I can't drink coffee before like I eat food and then you're like well my soul didn't enter my body till like 12 a.m or 12 p.m and I was yes. like yeah yeah I need I yes it's it's something I've toyed with the idea of quitting coffee but I'm just not interested in that right now it's, it's a crucial component <laughs> of my personality is being somewhat caffeinated um but yeah. yeah and then I would say the other thing solo travel is I think the biggest thing I would say to people, and I think this is especially, it's for everyone, but it's especially women, I think, who come from being people pleasers and um, kind of deprioritizing yourself is 
to fully lean into the sucky parts of solo travel, lean into the uncomfortableness, lean into the loneliness, lean into the the sadness, lean into all of it. Just like take that as probably the biggest things you'll learn from on your entire trip is the things that don't feel fantastic. And they all have made me so much more grateful for what I do have back home. Like, oh my gosh, there is not much more that could make me smile right now than like the thought of a hot shower, a hot shower, a nice cozy bed, dinner with friends, like that stuff, that little stuff now can just bring me so much joy. And one more thing, which I feel like is even if you're solo traveling to be really intentional about having, building and maintaining really strong relationships with people in your life that are back home. Because at the end of the day, I'm loving solo traveling right now, but I know that long-term this isn't what I want to do with my life because I do really value community. um, And I value being amongst people that are equally committed to the place you're in and making things better. And I think that's really hard to do on the road alone. So yeah, just making sure that you're not completely neglecting the people in your life because that's what you're going to want to go back to. Like that's what I'm excited to go back to is the people in my life and my community. So yeah. That's fair. That's fair. And where can people find you, connect with you, submit to your newsletter? Yeah. So uh, my Instagram is Wander with Hallie. And then the newsletter is Collective Creations Newsletter um, is the handle. We're also on collectivecreationsnewsletter.com is our Substack page, which we recently changed to Substack and it looks so cute. So definitely check it out um, and subscribe. And oh, I also have my own Substack, uh, which is Fool's Gold Editorial, where I do my own writing as well. So yeah, I'm in a few places. You can find me. And then on the road, I mean, who knows? I would love to bump into anybody out there. I will. I, I, yeah. There's an 80% chance if you run into me on the road, you will think I'm a crazy person, though, because I'll probably be dressed a little funny and talking to myself or laughing at something that I, that I said. So you will think that's fine. Yeah. When I was, when I was in Hawaii, I like was, I was out running and I was actually just like talking to myself because I was like alone in this national park and I was walking up and down, like doing like sprints. And this guy just comes out of the bathroom and he just like looks at me. and I'm just like, I'm just talking to myself. Don't worry. And then I was like, did you just say that out loud? Like you did. And then he was like, uh-huh. And just like walked past me. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, that's like how it yeah, is. There's definitely so. some humbling moments where you're like, oh, I'm getting weird. <laughs> Oh, I mean, I need to talk to somebody because this is getting weird. <laughs> yeah, you're like the trees aren't really talking back to me. So. Sometimes they do, you never know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm notorious yeah. for it. I will talk to myself all day long. <laughs> yeah, me too. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of the Blue Rose Podcast. 
have thoughts or suggestions, don't hesitate to call into the hotline. And please remember to hit that subscribe button, share this episode with a friend, and sign up for the newsletter so you don't miss an episode. Let's get out there and get uncomfy today. Lots of love. Bye.